so day three has come to a close. It's Wednesday, July 17th, and uh, it's pretty late here, actually. It's uh, later than I was thinking it was going to be. It's maybe a little after 10. I don't have a clock right in front of me, but the um, uh, celebration is still going on. You may be able to hear uh, distant laughter in the background. I don't know if you can hear that or not. I can still hear it. Um, but uh, there has been a celebration going on, a reception for the bishops. We'll get to that. Uh, if you haven't already seen the news, if you waited for some reason all day long for this recap, I don't know. Uh, but let's start at the very beginning of our day. For those of you who weren't able to be here, we heard from Brian Worth this morning. He is from the Chapel of Change. You may remember we interviewed him some time ago. I don't have the number here in front of me, but we interviewed him on the on the uh, podcast. And he has a unique story. In fact, he has a, he has a book out I would recommend to you. Um, but uh, he came and spoke to us about Matthew 11, 1 through 6. And kind of the theme of this morning's um, service was about the poor. And we looked at the freedom to, you know, dignify, give dignity to the poor. Um, and so Brian came to us and spoke to us a little bit about the poor um, having the gospel presented to them. And this idea in Matthew 11 of these miraculous signs um, and wonders that were spoken about by Jesus, but then in the midst of his, um, you know, it talking about this, these miraculous signs and wonders that you see in Matthew 11, you then also see that he, he one of the things is that he would have, the, the poor would have the gospel presented to, presented to them. And so um, he had this amazing uh, thing to say, like, wow, isn't that amazing that God decided to, to essentially make this a priority amongst these other miraculous, amazing signs, that this is one of the signs of the gospel, is preaching the good news to the poor. Um, he also quoted John Wesley, who said um, that ministry to the poor is on the same level as prayer, communion, some of these sacraments that we hold so dear to ourselves. So he, his point was to point out that you know, when it comes to ministry um, to the poor, this should be one of our priorities as the church. And so he kind of talked about this, and then he was able to get into his own personal story. So if you haven't heard the podcast, if you didn't go back and listen to the one where Brian Worth talked a little bit about his own personal story, um, you'll, you'll know that, just, just to kind of put it very briefly, he was facing a life sentence in prison, some stuff that happened on the streets, um, and then was able to turn his life over to Christ in prison. Um, and as a result of that, now, um, you know, keeping true to God now is it, he's really been a part of one of the fastest growing Free Methodist churches um, in North America. And so, um, so he was able to present to us on the poor and just that importance of, of giving, giving priority, giving priority to the poor when it comes to the gospel. Um, so that was the, the morning session for us. Um, we then went into probably the biggest, most memorable part of the day, which you've probably already heard about. But again, I will uh, kind of recap it for you if you didn't um, briefly here. It was the plenary session. Um, it, to start out, there were some, uh, everybody was excited about the bishop election. So everybody knew like, all right, well, let's kind of get along to that. But there were some things to go over before that. The resolutions that were reviewed, um, won't get into that because many of them were just kind of passed and approved and went over. Um, but then we elected the bishops from the pool of the six that had been nominated. And uh, it was confirmed and voted. The delegates in the first pass through voted for Matt Whitehead, Keith Cowart, and Linda Adams. I believe in that order, um, they, the votes came in uh, the most for Matt Whitehead and then Keith Cowart after that, and then Linda Adams. Um, just to give you an idea of who came after that, uh, of course, in fourth place, um, 
was uh, Kenny Martin. And so uh, he was, I guess, a 1% difference in there from from tying, you know, from overcoming or tying with Linda Adams. So it was a very close race uh, there. And it was an amazing time uh, to be a part of that. Of course, this is a historic event because we're talking about in the Free Methodist Church, the very first time a woman has ever been bishop in the Free Methodist Church. And we look back, we see B.T. Roberts. He had a vision. I mean, he literally wrote the book called On Ordaining Women. And, and now we have our very first woman. And, and so, you know, you hear some comments and, and we got a comment on the Facebook page when we, we kind of announced this and somebody's trying to make a good point. I mean, what, what they said, I would not argue with um, that, you know, the woman, the person who commented said like, listen, we, we want to have bishops in the roles. We want, it, we want it to be the person who loves Jesus. We want it to be the person who, you know, is the best for the role. Eh, well, of course we do. Yeah, I, I don't argue with that. Um, but kind of what they were kind of inferring there is like, well, don't just vote for somebody because they're a woman. Don't just vote somebody because they're a person of color. And the reality is, though, like with these six candidates, we didn't have any candidate that was like, oh, that person's not, doesn't love Jesus. We didn't have a candidate that was like, oh, that person, you know, <laughs> yeah, isn't, isn't qualified. And so each and every one of these were immensely qualified for the job. And, and I say that to point out that like anybody out there who's like, Oh well, well you know, um, we should we should we should vote for who God wants to vote for. These are the three people: Keith Cowart, Matt Whitehead, Linda Adams. These are the three who God wanted in the Free Methodist Church at this time, and this is exactly how it worked out. And uh, you know, everybody's excited. Everybody's uh, looking forward to this. Everybody's um, just just uh, so happy for to see what's going to happen these next four years here as it's again a historic event as it's a big change from 12 years of the same leaders coming through the Free Methodist Church and now here we have this change up um, and it's going to be exciting to have this new vision see where we're going to be headed next. So after that we broke out into our focus groups again I went to uh, the one that Bruce um, Cromwell has put together and uh, today yesterday of course we were talking with Set Free Movement leader today we heard from Norman uh, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong but Wetterau and uh, he spoke on the op opioid crisis. And um, so he spoke to us a little bit, and, and I wanted to point out to you, this is great. He said on fmhealth.org, you can see slides of what he was talking about today. So that's fm, as in free Methodist, health.org, fmhealth.org. Um, so you can see these slides. So he, he was, he's a medical doctor. He spoke to us about some of the issues that we're dealing with right now with addictions. So with the uh, opioids, with drug abuse, with alcohol abuse. Um, and so he, I just want to share a couple things from that. First of all, he said, make sure you understand that medicine has its place in society. And the church should support that. You know, when it comes to people overcoming addictions, we don't, we don't just have to use the line, well, just trust in Christ and, and you know, when, when, it, when it's hard, you know, just, just believe in Him. Of course. He has the power to do the miracle. Of course he has the power to, to overcome that addiction. And it's true. We hear miraculous stories like that all the time. But the reality is at the end of the day, do not, as a, as a medical doctor, he's saying like, listen, medicine has a place. Don't be afraid to tell somebody, hey, you have an addiction. You need to, to, to go into this treatment and they're going to use some medicine to help you get over that thing. Um, so he pointed out a lot of different things. But um, so uh, he... he 
pointed out, for, for example, that drug use is contagious, but also is recovery. So if we get people involved in this recovery process, if we get them involved in some exciting stuff, uh, you know, that, that's like a snowball. It continues to, to move forward. And so I think one of the, the kind of coolest things that I heard out of that uh, small group today was a guy afterwards who, a pastor who said, listen, we had this idea at our church. He's like, you know, you always have stuff that needs done around the church. Things need cleaned more than normal. You've got weeds that need pulled outside. And you have those days where you try to get people to sign up and nobody signs up. He's like, so we had this idea. We called our local judge and he's like, the local we asked the local judge if he had anybody who could do community service, like somebody who had been sentenced because of addiction. And he's like, the judge is like, yeah, we have a lot of people. And he's like, we'll send them to our church. And this judge was so excited. He never had a church call him before. And so this church has now, now has these uh, people who need to do community service coming to their church, you know, uh, once a week or a couple, t you know, several hours a week. And they don't have to worry, first of all, about the, the weeds that need pulled or the things that need cleaned in the church. But now they're able to reach out to these people. They're able to fulfill a need in the community. They're able to meet so many layers of need, uh, both the church's needs and also the people's needs, and reach out to people through this ministry. They've been able to see their church grow from some of these people that were doing community service coming back to the service. This is an amazing idea uh, that, that kind of was mentioned at the small group today, a way to reach out to those who are going through this. So then 2.45, we went into our session again. We saw the latest characters from, uh, from Bishop David Roller. Uh, he did a video, kind of like a parody of Lord of the Rings. It was called The Lord of the Three Ring Binder. And uh, of course, he was referring to his three ring binder, this huge binder of the uh, revital, recalibration stuff. Um, many churches have been going through the recalibration process, and so he was talking about that a little bit, um, and uh, just talking about the need for recalibration on an ongoing basis in our churches. Uh, and and we should um, we should always be willing to challenge the church's status quo. Like, don't just go along with whatever um, you know, just whatever, however it used to be, or oh, we've done this for years, so we have to do it that way. Then you will not see your church grow. We need to be willing to challenge the church's status quo and refuse to be satisfied with the present. Even if it's going well, don't just go, okay, well now we're good and kind of just stay where we're at, stagnant. We need to continue to challenge ourselves to that next level, continue to, continue to kind of challenge ourselves to move forward to, okay, well, what's the next thing? How do we reach you know, more people in a different way. What, what do we need to do? Because culture is constantly changing. Statistics even say that. So uh, he was able to talk to us a little bit about that today and recalibration and, and see a lot of videos too um, from different people, different churches that are doing that. Um, so then 7 p.m. we came back together again and uh, David Roller, Bishop David Roller came and spoke to us and uh, he has actually just put out a book with his wife Yvonne called Here's Jesus. And this is uh, essentially, a, I mean, there's so many aspects to it. We'll have to talk about it in another episode. But um, it's a Bible study. It's a, it's a story. It's a, he has, if you didn't know this, taught through the entire book of Luke, but telling the stories. And he's done this in different countries around the world in 80-some videos. And so this book is about that journey. It's also about, you know, the, the story of Luke. It's about Jesus. And so he started out by talking to us about that and just talking about Luke and who the person of Jesus is in the book of Luke. And there are a lot of things that we're kind of attracted to, uh, you know, ab about Jesus. We say like, oh, like this guy, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we're excited to 
to, um, to we, we like Jesus. That's what we already kept using. Like, we like Jesus, we like Jesus. But at the end of the day, too, it's like there's hard things that he says. You know, there's hard things that we have to wrestle with. And so, um, you know, it, it, it may not always, the things that Jesus does, even in modern day, may not feel like love. Because we say, oh, God is love, Jesus is love. And that's very true. But it's not a tame kind of love, a safe kind of love. And so he spoke about this idea that Jesus, you know, and especially in the book of Luke, shows the power of God over evil. And so in doing that, he does things like he, he, he's casting out demons, he's emptying, he, he's getting rid of empty spirituality, uh, theological heresy, nationalism, spiritual pride, personal sin. These are the things that Jesus is confronting and, and addressing and, you know, kind of moving out of this world. He, he's saying like the kingdom of heaven has no room for these things. And it's not just to point the finger at anybody else, but like Bishop Roller was saying like, hey, like think about these things in addition to yourself. Like, are you willing to face that nationalism, that spiritual pride, that personal sin in yourself, that empty spirituality in yourself, that theological heresy that may exist in yourself? That you're like, no, no, I have everything right. Like, do you? And so when it comes to, to the love of God, like realizing that Jesus, yeah, it's great to like him. <laughs> But are we willing to wrestle with the real Jesus? So it was an amazing time. Um, again, I hope to share all of those uh, in depth with you at some point, those sermons with you whenever I uh, actually get full copies of those. Hopefully there's MP3s somewhere. Um, but uh, then at the end of the night, we were able to gather together just recently here in the exhibition hall. And um, we ended up... Um, for quite some time, there were there were people there, and pr probably still are actually, um, just kind of spending time with with uh, the elected bishops and just hanging out with people and and spending time with the current bishops and the retired, you know, the ones who are retiring, and um, just spending time with people and, and hanging out and having a good time, talking, meeting, um, spending time getting to know people. So we have a big day again tomorrow. We will be uh, the the, the um, delegates will be voting on the resolutions that we spoke about on earlier podcasts. And uh, we will also, I think, be learning exactly where these three new bishops are going to be placed. Because, of course, we have the three, the West, the Central, and the East End. Everybody kind of want to know, well, who's going to be my new bishop specifically now? So I think we're going to learn that tomorrow. And um, we're going to find out some more details on that. So we will be back tomorrow with our Day 4 recap and some videos along the way. We did post some pretty cool stuff today on facebook.com slash FMC radio. We've been posting every day um, updates on the Youth Summit uh, with a one of the youth, Carissa Crandall, has been on with us uh, giving daily reports on what's been going on there. Um, but also today when we were doing um, the reception, we were able to do a live, a Facebook Live. And uh, if you go on there, it's about eight, ten minutes or something like that. Uh, we were able to walk around, get some reactions of just regular people. We were able to talk to Bishop Mac Thomas, um, Denny Wayman, uh, Bruce Cromwell, uh, some of the superintendents. Just be able to say, hey, what are your thoughts on this election? Uh, where are we at right now? Um, uh, kind of what are your thoughts? What's your what's the first thing that went through your mind as this vote came across? Those types of things. So it's, it's a pretty cool video and you get to see some of the excitement that was happening behind the scenes uh, or behind me, I should say as we were filming that and walking through of the thousands of people in the exhibition hall as we greeted those three new bishops. So it's been an exciting day. I'm tired out. I'm going to get ready for bed here and we'll be back early again in the morning. Most of the, uh, most of the updates 
on the day-to-day and in the moment-to-moment are happening over on twitter.com slash FMC radio. So go ahead and check those out in the morning. And uh, we will be back 8.30 a.m. over on Twitter. We'll see you soon.